Life Audio. Welcome to Crosswalk Talk. I am your host, Michael Faust. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I can't wait for you to hear from our guest. Please note that the interview in this episode was previously recorded. Check out our show notes for more information. If you want to see this interview on video, then check out Crosswalk's YouTube channel, which is linked in today's show notes. Hey, Matthew, thanks for joining me. Welcome to Crosswalk Talk. Hey, great to uh, connect with you again. Thanks for having me. You have something exciting coming up this Friday, December the 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's a new special, Come Home for Christmas, TBN. What can fans look forward to in this? Yeah, I'm really excited. I guess I should have started by saying Merry Christmas, right? I got to get in that habit of, you know, tis the season. But the, That's all right. Yeah, the, the West family has been in the Christmas spirit all month because at the very beginning of the month, we, we had a special event in uh, Tennessee in Nashville and Franklin, where I live. And we invited people from around the country to come and join me. We do this annual weekend called Come Home for Christmas. And just basically give people an opportunity for people, you know, people who normally come and see me when I come to their city on tour, they get to come to my city and experience Christmas uh, with the West family. And we have a three days of just tons of events and concerts and so much fun stuff. But one of the things we did was a special Christmas concert in Nashville at the Fisher Center, which is this gorgeous theater on the campus of Belmont University. And I called my friends at TVN and asked if they would want to film it. And so they wound up creating an entire television special called Come Home for Christmas that really encapsulates not just the concert itself, but the whole weekend of, of events and it's storytelling. And uh, it's just a really, we've been, we were making the final edits the other day and I was getting to watch it again and I can't wait. So it's going to be airing on the 22nd on TBN and uh, so you can gather your friends and family around the TV if you want. And uh, if you're tired of watching the same Christmas movie for the 1000th time, you can uh, take a break and, and watch my Christmas special come home for Christmas. Watch something new. How long have you been doing this? The Well, the fan weekend Yes, this was our second annual. So, okay. and, uh, we announced the third annual, which will be 2024 already. So that's already gone um, on sale and public. And so it, it sells out really quick because it's a limited amount of participants that we can, that we host. We want to keep it kind of intimate. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun weekend. It's just become a, it's, it's crazy because the idea was birthed actually out of the pandemic when I was doing virtual concerts oh. when we were unable to tour. So I was doing these virtual concerts, kind of like I'm talking to you today, right? The, the concerts looked kind of like this and people would tune in. We did a special Christmas concert and people tuned in from everywhere. And it just was neat to see like we were all finding ways to find community even during a very isolating time. And so that's where the concept for this weekend came about. It was like, okay, now that we're able to gather together, what does that look like and how can we find community at Christmas time, especially. Some of the songs uh, that are going to be on Come Home with Christmas, uh, I'm going to read them here. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Winter Wonderland, I'll Be Home for Christmas, as well as some of your original songs, Come Home for Christmas, Because of Bethlehem. And let's talk about Come Home for Bethlehem. How did you, what was the idea behind Because of Bethlehem? I don't know if I got it yeah. right. But Because of Bethlehem, what was the, the idea behind that? Yeah, that's a new song that I wrote uh, this year and released for this Christmas uh, holiday season. My friend Max Licato, who is, in my opinion, one of the greatest authors of all time. And 
his he's just a wordsmith and this summer i got a copy of a christmas book that he wrote called because of bethlehem and it's just a beautiful book and uh, a beautiful you know reminding us all of you know how the hope that we have in in christ and um, the entire message of the gospel like traces back to this one scene in in a little town called bethlehem and 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 it, so it really struck me and my songwriter antennas are always up and paying attention and and sometimes it wouldn't be the first time that Max Licato's writing has inspired me to go write a song. And so I looked at the title of that book and I thought, oh, that should be a song too. And so Max had asked me to perform. He was doing a, a, a television special this Christmas as well that was in theaters called Because of Bethlehem. So I decided I was going to give myself 48 hours to try to write a song before the filming so that I could surprise him with a theme song for his event. And sometimes I thrive creatively by giving myself assignments like that. So that's how that song was born. I, I sat down and wrote a song called Because of Bethlehem, inspired by Max's writing. I'm curious, Matthew, you are writing these songs. I'm assuming you're writing these songs outside of the Christmas season. How do, how do you get inspired to write something about Christmas in July? Well, yeah, a lot of people might not realize that really a lot of the Christmas songs that you listen to were were written you know, quite possibly in the middle of a heat wave. So I know, I know that for a fact, historically, like the story for uh, the Christmas song, one of the most part in chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Yeah. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Mel Torme wrote that in the middle of a historic heat wave because he was trying to think cold thoughts, you know? So I love that. But, you know, we do that. A lot of times we're writing a Christmas song because you need to have time to record it and release yes. it by fall. So summertime is, uh, as a music, as a composer and a musician, you really have to find ways to get into the Christmas spirit, even in the summertime. And honestly, you know, that's not hard because the I might be wearing shorts and flip-flops, but, you know, when you're reading a book like Max has written because of Bethlehem, it's it's easy to get inspired. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. You have a, a book coming out yourself in March. Uh, what's what's that about? And yeah. Give us a preview of it. My, my seventh book, it's called My Story, Your Glory. It's a 30-day devotional. Okay. And every chapter focuses in on a different aspect of our lives, our character, our resources, our families, our ambitions, our, our worries. Like, looking at it, it's basically inviting God into every corner of our story, every chapter of our story and saying, God, how can this part of my life give you glory? Right. And I loved writing it. It's so it's a very interactive thing. Each day has uh, selective scripture. It's got calls to action. It's got journaling opportunities, a chance for you to kind of write down your story. And I think in doing so, you're you're able to do something really important, which is to remember God's faithfulness you know, over the course of your story and then see the fingerprints of his faithfulness, right? So that you can then be reminded who the author of your story is and the plan that he has for you with the one life you get. And so earlier this year, I released an album called My Story, Your Glory. And while I was making that record, I just kept thinking like, I want this to be unpacked beyond music. I want this to be a devotional that people can follow along. And so loosely, the devotion chapters kind of mirror some of the themes and the songs on the record. So it can be sort of an accompaniment, a companion piece. You're listening to the music, you're listening to the songs, and uh, 
I'm sorry, you're listening to the music, you're reading the book, and you're kind of hopefully going deeper. It's a great way to start the year too with, you know, the book comes out in March and kind of kickstart the year with that commitment to to ask God to be the author of your story. I want to ask you a couple of questions about your music. For those who don't know Matthew's music, I mean, he's an incredible singer, but he's also an incredible songwriter. So some of the best songs on the radio were not even sung by Matthew, but they were written by Matthew. I'm, I'm curious, is there one song you didn't expect to be a hit that was a hit? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Well, I've stopped uh, uh, predicting. <laughs> I, I just don't really know. Um, I, I mean, I've had surprise. Sometimes it's because, like, the artist might be a brand new artist. You know what I mean? It's like, I might love the song, but it's like a brand new artist and it's really hard for a new artist to break through. So you just don't know. But I'm looking as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at a plaque for uh, Ann Wilson, which is a song, yeah. we, a song called My Jesus that that just I don't know that I predicted. I, I certainly didn't predict it was going to do what it did. And uh, it's become such a such a like crazy far reaching song in a really neat way. So I, I think that's a good example of one that I it's like when we wrote it, I was like, I really like that song. But I had no idea it was going to go on and do what it did. Yeah, her her voice and her her style really carried that further, and it's kind of it's kind of became an become an anthem for a lot of people, you know, like a yeah. anthem of their life. Um, it's really important too that it is like a lot of times. I mean, obviously, the song is the song is you know you've got to have a, a great song and a song that touches people's hearts. But something magical happens when the right song matches up with the right voice and yeah. the right platform and you can't predict those things like sometimes it just happens and you're like wow like and and when you get to be a part of something like that it's so i i get just as excited as you know if i write a song that somebody else records i get just as excited about seeing that go on to reach people as if i'm the singer you know it's a uh, it's really special yeah. i'm curious how you stay inspired to write music because you write music that inspires other people but how do you yourself stay inspired to write music? Uh, what do you, what do you do? Are there patterns through your year that that you do to kind of stay in the groove and maybe maybe uh, get inspired? Well, I find that I'm at my best when I'm um, when I'm holding my schedule accountable and like staying in motion. You know, like if I if I have a day where I didn't schedule 
anything. I, like, I don't like laziness. I don't like being lazy. And so a lot of times songwriting is just about, it's like going to the gym, even when you don't feel like it, you know what I mean? And so I'm not one of those writers that waits for inspiration to strike. I'm, I'm one of those writers that goes digging, you know, mm. even when I don't feel like it, you know? And I think that's where it's like, there's a great quote of, I forget who the famous author was. They asked him, you know, does, uh, do you write when inspiration strikes or, you know, how, what's your writing process like? And he's like, well, I, I, I write every, uh, he, he's he said, I write only when inspiration strikes. I'm just fortunate that it happens to strike every morning at 8am sharp or something like that. <laughs> I'm butchering the quote, but, but yeah. you know, that really captures it. It's like, yeah, I write when inspiration strikes, but you know, he's on a schedule, he's going to work and, uh, inspiration is more likely to strike when you're actually focusing and, and digging in. So, you know, and, yeah. and I've, I've never really felt, I think there's, you know, maybe there's moments where I'm like, gosh, what do I, what do I want to write about? And man, sometimes it's just, I don't know how to describe it. It just, the, the songs appear and the, yeah. and what I'm supposed to write about just kind of takes shape. And a lot of it's influenced by what I'm going through in my own life, you know? Yeah. And I'm assuming that some of these songs are written over multiple days or weeks or months even. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah, of the process, yeah. you know, in fact, I was just this morning, like tweaking a song lyric that we started three months ago, you know, and you'll just, mm-hmm. I was on a zoom call with a, a writer this morning that just said, Hey, I want to, I want to change this one part. I'm like, cool, let's mess with it. You know? So it is, it's a process. I think even when I'm finished with the song, am I ever really finished? You know? Uh, so that's, it's a hard thing. It's like books and music. Like when I put a book out or put a record out, that's a really hard thing to do because you have to be done even if you're not done, you know? Wait a second. Are you saying that sometimes you finish a song and it's on the radio and you think, oh, I could have made that a little better? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Really? I, I would say every song I've put out, there's something I would tweak or change or a lot of times it's how I sang the song. Because, you know, the interesting thing is like, like I've got a new song coming out in January and you know, you write the song, you record the song and then you put the song out and then you go on tour and perform the song 200 times. Well, you're going to sing the song different, you know, differently after 200 performances of the song, like you've, you figured it out more. Right. So oftentimes I wish I could go re-record my vocals after taking the song on tour for a year and I feel like I own the lyric a little bit better, but that's well, probably weird inside stuff for me. Well, but you could tweak it a little bit in concert, I guess, maybe. Oh, yeah. that And that's where you get the gratification of like singing it in a different okay. way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Songs kind of grow up, you know? Let's finish this by talking about a new song you have coming out in January the 5th. It's called Don't Stop Praying. What's the story behind that? Yeah, man. I. Uh, it's interesting like I feel like we're headed into the great unknown in the year 2024. I was joking with someone the other day saying, I was like, I remember 2020 thinking like, well, it can't get any worse than this. And then 2021 was like, you ain't nothing yet. And then 2022 was like, watch this. And then 2023, it's like UFOs and interest rates. And right. It's just every year seems to be like trying to beat out the year before as like the craziest year ever. Of course, we're heading into an election year. What could possibly go wrong? And, uh, you know, the, I, I think of Kim, like, I didn't think of this when I was writing the song, but after I wrote the song, Don't Stop Praying, it was like, 
2024 is going to be the year of campaigns and slogans and like and i was like huh i think i just wrote my personal slogan and campaign for 2024 like as a follower of christ like what if that was my like mission you know to commit to prayer and commit to going deeper in my prayer life i've been convicted lately of like you know instagram and tiktok trends that like encourage you to like become your best self like you, you got to do a cold plunge and then you got to get in the sauna and then you got to eat this way and you got and it's like all these things that you we try to do these things like and so i was like i'm gonna do the cold plunge and so i started doing cold plunge every day four minutes freezing cold water and i'm proud of myself for it right and i feel good it's whatever all the health benefits all the things but then I felt like one day I was in the cold plunge and I felt like convicted, like the Lord was saying, like, Matthew, it seems like some days the hardest thing for you to do is to stop and pick up your Bible. And it was mm-hmm. like, like, as a follower of Christ, like, I need to remember, like, if, the, if your mission is to do at least one hard thing a day, you know, I need to do that first things first. The hard thing is to sit down and be still and talk to God and, and, um, uh, and it's hard to pray, especially when you've prayed for something over and over again. There's a line in the song that says, when you've cried and you've cried until your tears run dry and the answer won't come and you don't know why, and you wonder if you can bow your head even one more time, do it one more time. And so this song is a, is really a call to prayer. It's a call not to give up. It's an invitation to remember that the Bible says there's power in prayer, that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And it's a reminder that, you know, we serve a God who hears us when we call on him, you know, that we're not, we're not foolish human beings sending words up and, and they're bouncing off the ceiling. Right. Um, and so I hope this song is going to be a, a special anthem for others as we head into this new year. You know, don't stop praying for your family. Don't stop praying for your prodigal. Don't stop praying for um, your financial situation. Don't stop praying for our nation. You know, mm-hmm. don't stop praying for our leaders. You fill in the blank. Like, what what do you need prayer for? And I, I've got this vision on our spring tour of doing this big prayer wall where people can walk up in the lobby and write what they're praying for. And we're going to collect those throughout the entire tour. And and I think it's going to tell a beautiful story of, of people who believe that God hears us when we pray. That's powerful. Prayer is one of those things we talk about and believe in, but we have trouble doing, you know, and that's, I, I like what you're doing there with uh, making a song about it. We've been talking to Matthew West. He has a new special December the 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern. Come home for Christmas on TBN. Matthew, God bless. Thank you so much. Hey, great to talk to you. Merry Christmas to you. If you enjoyed today's interview, please make sure to subscribe and share the episode with a friend. A big thanks to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. See you next time. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.